Hi guys, happy Sunday. Courage to change. I just did this video and I erased it. <laughs> and I don't do that very often. As most of you know, I'm pretty authentic and uh, you know, if I start coughing, sneezing or whatever happens, I just proceed. But this one, you know, I just didn't like the where where it was going. It this reading is about fear. <clears throat> and uh I'm going to read it to you and then we're going to talk about it. I'm going to try again. Um, fear was a daily part of my experience of alcoholism and I learned certain ways to cope with it. I often catch myself reacting to my fears in the same way today, even though my circumstances have changed. For example, I often keep quiet when confronted instead of speaking my mind. This might be a legitimate response, except that I don't consciously make that choice. This is not responding, it's reacting, giving up my self-respect out of fear and out of habit. My best alternative is to admit that I have a problem, accept my reactions, and turn them over to my higher power. I've often heard that courage is, fe is fear that said its prayers. I must recognize my fear. I must say those prayers, and I must have faith as I wait for healing. In the meantime, there are important ways in which I can help myself. The first step in learning to respond more effectively to show others is to learn to respond more effectively to myself. I can learn to respond with love, caring, and respect for myself, even though those parts of me that experience fear, confusion, and anger. Okay, today's reminder. Today I'll try to become more aware of alternatives I have not recognized. Okay, so in the beginning of this reading, it talks about um, you know, fear was a daily part of my growing up with alcoholism. Um, if you didn't grow up with alcoholism and you were married to an alcoholic addict, same thing. Fear is the common denominator in an alcoholic home or relationship. Fear. Fear drives us. Fear drives us to do things we would never do. Uh, in hopes, you know, with this, in regards to this alcoholism, this alcoholism uses fear as a tool. This alcoholism, and I speak of this, uh, you might get confused and think, does she think I'm the alcoholic? No, I don't. Alcoholism is a mental illness and it is a family disease. So the alcoholism, whether you have it or someone in your house has it, whether one of your kids is suffering and has brought it into the home and you're letting them stay there with your other siblings, I mean the other siblings, your other kids, and your husband or your wife or your partner, um, there's alcoholism in the house. And alcoholism, its common denominator in any relationship or home is fear. It's going to bring up fear in you, in your relationships, in your other children, in the other parent. It creates a lot of fear and a lot of need to do something right now, right? So, um, you know, I started in my last one talking about that this was Father's Day, so perhaps this was a good reading for today. And, and I, I redid that because, you know, not everybody has, you know, a childhood like I do. Now, when I talk about fear, um, so when I'm talking about fear and I talk about my childhood, you probably think, oh my God, she was beat. No, no, I wasn't beaten, uh, but I, I was abandoned, which causes a lot of fear. So one of the most powerful things that I've ever heard in my life, if I, if I had to pick like 10 top 
this is one of them. Uh, when when my my child, uh, when I was going through a separation with her father, when we were divorcing, or we weren't, anyway, blah, you know what I mean. When we were splitting up, we went to a co-parenting class. And because we were destined, we were both in recovery and we were just really decided we were really wanted to try to do this differently. It was going poorly. I mean, it was going horribly. And we knew it was gonna affect our, our child. So we went to a co-parenting class and the, the instructor said, you are teaching your child how to be in relationship. You are teaching your child how women treat men, she said to me. And she said to him, you are teaching your daughter how men treat women. And that was a game changer for both of us. We stopped our bad behavior immediately. He did not want her seeking out somebody that was going to be treating her the way he was treating me during that divorce, you know? So that really is true. Think about that and think about the way you were raised, okay? your parents or what you know whatever in your household whatever that setup was really taught you what relationships were you might want to spend a, a few minutes really thinking about that what did you witness now a lot of us were raised in that 50s 60s era where uh, not so much the 60s, but the, especially the 50s, where men ruled the roost and women did what they were told, right? I mean, 60s, people started going, hey, I don't want to do this anymore, even though they did. Um, so that really, you know, we were, they, they, those mothers were caretakers and they did everything, you know what I mean? And they didn't say anything. And if dad came home and said, chicken again, I hate chicken. We had chicken yesterday. You know, she'd be like, oh, well, let me make you something else. And now I'd be like, you know, well then get out, <laughs> go to McDonald's. You know, you should have eaten before you came home from work. Uh, I've been working all day, you know, different responses, but that kind of environment really develops in you, how you respond. So like they said here, maybe your response to fear is to clam up like confrontation. If somebody starts screaming at you, do you, it's probably your reaction is probably what it was when you were a kid with your parents. Now, my reaction was much like this reading. I was told that I had a smart mouth and every time I would get in trouble and I'd try to explain myself, I would be told to, you know, shut up, you know, be quiet, listen to me, and then wipe that look off my face, right? Because I'd give a look like, well, what the hell? I don't know what to say, you won't let me talk. And uh, so I would be quiet and I'd get a, glassy look on my face and stone cold stand there and listen and plot my walking out of the room right just just I would tolerate it and I I, I do that as an adult I mean I don't anymore I I've I've really worked on that but it would be that someone could be yelling at me and screaming at me right whatever the situation was and I just do that, right? And all of a sudden, what I could do is I could just cut the cord. Boom, you're dead to me. As I went into that, I don't wanna be afraid. 
I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to listen to this anymore. I'm leaving. And I would plot my escape. And from that point on, everything they said to me had no meaning. I disregarded everything. I cut them off as a human being on the planet. I just couldn't take it. I couldn't take any more rejection. That fear turned into like a solid rock of bitch. Not one that said anything, but inside I turned real hard. And I didn't want people hurting me. I didn't want to be afraid anymore. I didn't want, I just didn't. And I pulled back. And it's affected every single relationship in my life, even with my child. You know, um, I, you know, it's, it's hindered me for sure. So what I've learned through the program is when I have fear, I ask God for help because when someone's confronting me, I immediately take it as it's about me, which is why I go into that stone cold bitch mode, right? That no look, no response. And people will beg me, say something. Well, say something. You know, say something. And I mm -mm, won't say a word because it used to be when I was little, I'd just whack right across the face if you, you know, and that wasn't child abuse. That was just the way they raise kids. I'm not saying it was right, but uh, I, I wouldn't call it child abuse. I probably deserved it because I had a smart mouth. But um, you know what I mean? That, that has held with me. And I've really had to ask God for help. I've really had to remain in the relationship. Now you can stand there and not be in the relationship. I can stand there and listen to you. I can be afraid, right? I can be angry. I can be afraid and I can be standing there, but be completely checked out, right? And people know that. People know I've left the relationship. I've left the room. I'm not listening to you. And that's maddening to people when they can feel that they can't get to you, right? And so I've had to ask God for help. Let me stay present. Let me stay right here in this moment and listen to this person. A lot of times when things happen, whether it's evoking fear in me or anger in me or resentment or self-pity, um, it has nothing to do with me. The other person's in a bad place, right? I never considered that before. I never considered that they might be in a place of fear, right? So I take everything so personally and I had to back up and say, wow, this is happening, right? I am terrified, but I'm going to ask God for some help. Fear is the opposite to me of faith and faith. I don't, my faith is action. So if I'm in fear, I have to take some action. If it's the, IRS sends me a notice and says, we just figured out from 1997, you owe $40,000, let's say. And I go into fear. And my response is kind of like that. I told you as a kid, I'm out, right? I'm going to shred the letter, pretend like it didn't happen. And I'm going to move on with my life. Just... Stone cold, that's it, not gonna get me. 
And the opposite of that is that God says something's wrong or they made a mistake or it, I can pay it payment plans or, you know, whatever. But the, the action is the faith. I'm going to pick up the phone and call. I'm going to ask God for some courage. Can you please give me the courage to call the IRS? Let's find out what this is. And usually, I, I, I you know, 99% of the time, I'd say 100% of the time, it's never what I thought in my head, right? It's the wrong Karen Gardner, you know. I was a stickler at that time, Karen Stickler. It's not even me. You know what I mean? I mean, something. Uh, that didn't happen to me. But it's just an example that, Faith is action. So if I'm feeling fearful, I've got to take some action. What am I afraid of? If I'm afraid, you know, I live in California and I'm afraid there's going to be an earthquake and take down the take down the house and I'm going to be homeless, then maybe I should investigate earthquake insurance. It's really expensive. I wouldn't get it. <laughs> but you see what I mean? I use that as an example. There's some action you can take. And when you take action, it empowers you. And God can lead you out of it, right? God can give you courage. I think that is courage. When you decide to not be immobilized and take some action. So, you know, fear is, a, I, I think, a really interesting thing. Because most of it is false. Most of it is made up in my head to be honest. I know when I feel fear because physically, like when I'm going through a, like when I'm sitting at a light and the light turns green for me and I put on my gas, I start to go and some asshole rolls through the other direction, almost hits me, goes through a red light. You know that feeling? Like, oh my God, you know, your hands sweat, you feel oh, that adrenaline rush, right? That's fear right? That's fear. Thinking that something might happen to someone I love is a thought. So you really need to identify first thing. Is it really fear? Because your body will trigger. You're in danger. You're in danger, right? Do you know what I mean by that? But when you're just, you know, laying in bed at night and you're thinking about the finances and how much you've spent on your kids' uh, treatment programs and you've gone through your retirement and blah, 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 blah. What if, what if they do this? What if they walk out of treatment after we just spent all this money? You know, that's all in here. It hasn't really, it, nothing's happened. So you really have to dif differentiate what, what's going on with you. Um, and and the, the solution for fear is God, right? When you took that third step, if you did the steps or you're doing the steps with me now, when you take that third step and you decide to proceed, right? You made a decision. You were going to do things different to turn your will and your life over to the care of God, whatever that is to you. You gave up your fear, right? Everything's being taken care of and looked after. I don't know how, but I'm going to trust the process because I don't have any other options. <laughs> you know what I mean? So when you find yourself in fear, first thing, I want you to figure out if it's really fear or if it's your thinking. Is it, is it real, you know, or is it fancied, made up? Uh, and then if it is, ask God for some help, take some action. What action can I take right now to change the way I feel? And any positive action confronts fear 
and it just falls away, okay? And that action you need to take is fueled by the power you have found in step two and step three, the power greater than yourself. You can just plug right into it, like you plug your cell phone in, chink, plugs in, and the little battery thing starts turning green. That's you. Plug it into your higher power and take some action, and faith will fall away. Have a great day. Bye.